G'day everyone, welcome to Porsche Talk Podcast. I'm Mark, one of your co-hosts from the occasionally on YouTube channel, Mark and Cars, and as always, joined by Ajmal. G'day Ajmal. Hey Mark, how you doing? I'm Flat Cap Driver off, uh, off YouTube, I guess, as well as Instagram, but not that not that active these days. I think it must be uh, life getting in the way. How are you doing anyway? I haven't spoken to you in a while. Yeah, it has been a few weeks of uh, just because of school holidays, traveling, Easter, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it's uh, a lot been happening at my part of the world. You? Um, similar, obviously Easter, school holidays, um, potty training. Sure. So that's been interesting. Uh, we left it a little late, so she's three, uh, so she can articulate what she wants from you and what she doesn't want, and when she wants you to just, you know, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> so so, so uh, that's been really interesting. I've still been digging up the lounge floor. And, still? And still doing that, yeah. So I think I told you last time, two-thirds of the room are kind of ancient yeah. floorboards. It's a 270-year-old house, but someone had concreted a third of the room. So I went and got myself a jackhammer. Yay. <laughs> so I've been using a jackhammer and all I could think was don't get jackhammer elbow, um, which, which, <laughs> which, which isn't a thing, <laughs> which isn't a thing. <laughs> I only say that because I saw a Family Guy episode where <laughs> Peter Griffin got himself a chainsaw and, he's, and he ended up getting chainsaw elbow. Sure, sure. So Which, you take a wee power tool advice off Family Guy, do you? Well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he starts talking about how this is something that only someone like Tommy Lee Jones would get. Yeah, um, yeah. So I got myself a jackhammer and I drilled everything up and I'm now in the process of laying floorboards. But my, my last few weeks have been devoid of any sort of car activity really yeah what okay about you? Well, uh look it's you know with the i've been away for 10 days i think it just worked out two of the days that we would normally podcast within a 10-day period type thing so as a result that's why it's been a couple of weeks since anyone's heard from us uh during that period obviously i got the new car just before i went away on holidays and um for those interested we went on holidays to a place called Coral Bay on the Ningaloo Reef in Western Australia. Check it out on Google Maps. It is paradise. We had a great time snorkeling, swimming, sun, sand. It's a small community with like two caravan parks, a general store, a bakery, two pubs, and that's it pretty much. You know, it's pretty basic. And uh, That sounds like my village. Yeah, like uh, I, now you've got – oh, actually, now you <laughs> – Interesting comparison, purely because I was about to say, no, you've probably got better internet um, access there, but judging on some of our previous podcasts, maybe not. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's not great. And, uh, yeah, so it's basically just it's on the Ningaloo Reef, this small little village. So we sort of get in the car and drive, go four-wheel driving down slightly out of town, a K or oh, so, nice. and, um, snor- and we went snorkeling and saw everything, you know, went you know, went swimming with sea turtles and, you know, playing with oh, giant wow. clams and, you know, prodding big fish who are half asleep, you know, that you sneak up on and, you know, all that sort of stuff. It was, yeah, great, great experience. And my daughter, Pearl, she's a great snorkeler anyway. She 
she'll have a crack at anything. You know, like we're, we're swimming along and my wife says, oh, she pops up and points us for us to pop up, you know. She said, I just saw a reef shark and boom, pearl straight after it. Let's see it. Let's grab it to our wow. tail, you know what I mean, type of uh, thing. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a lot of fun. We met another family with, of, uh, you know, similar situation to us with a single child, the same age, and, yeah, we had a great time. Great. It's like a camping, caravanning type holiday. It's the only way you can stay up there. Oh, there's these little chalets, but they're very basic, and we stayed in one of those. Um, yeah, so during that time, I was contacted by the previous owner of my new GT4, new to me GT4, to be told he has all the factory club sport race harness mounts in his garage, if I'm interested. Ooh. So I actually fitted those today because I'm going to the track on Mon- this coming Monday. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you, are you going to the track? Oh, I see. So, you know, you better get uh, some tyre money together. Um, oh, not until after the track. Yeah, that is, that is true. Mm-hmm. That is true. <laughs> because, because um, you know, Brian of Rint Vehicle Design, he's sure. got a GT4. Yep. And I think it's 2016. And um, he's it's got hardly any mileage on it, but he's taken it on the track. And I've been round there. And, you know, when you look at a car and you just look at the rubber wear and you go, you've just been on the track. <laughs> it's like it's like it's been sandpapered and there's a rubber all up the side of the car. Yep, yep. <laughs> and it's either that already drives like crazy on the roads, <laughs> but he had been on the track. Yeah, yeah. The um, Yeah, look, I'll, that's a problem after the track for me. Yep. The, I do have to use, because the car's got a Porsche-approved warranty, I do have to use the Porsche spec tyres. So that is going to obviously add to the expense of maintaining the warranty, of um, having to continue. How long is the warranty now? How long has it got left? Oh, it's 12 months. Oh, right. So is it a 12 months from purchase. Buy? Okay, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Ooh. it's, uh, yeah, it's, look, it's not, it's not worth the compromise to pay the extra $500 or whatever it would be to use those tyres over an alternative. But, you know, there aren't many people that complain about the quality of Michelin club sport tyres yeah. on their car as a general rule, you know. So the only problem is they're 20-inch, so you can imagine they're not going to be cheap. Yep, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. So when's that? And then you're going Monday. this coming week? It's coming Monday, Monday yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. I've still got a... Um, on my list here, I did the harnesses today. Oh, he had harnesses for both sides. So I've got um, the harnesses in there the whole time. They can sit behind the lightweight buckets and then pulled through and up from underneath for the, you know, the up the anti-sub um, strap um, when so I do want to use them. So I always leave them in the whole time. I tell you, fitting you them, what a nightmare. Like I'm not used to cars where you pull you, out plastic that, bits. Does that mean you can take your daughter if you've got it for the passenger seat as well? Yeah, oh, no, the, the problem with that is... Your passenger at the track also has to hold a speed level license, race oh. license, you know. So the reason the reason I did I got it is because I want to do a couple of more uh, rally sprint events, and you have to have a co-driver. So that's why I fit okay, in the passenger seat. Oh, interesting. So you're getting more and more into tracking because how many? Because you went on. You went. I've been on the Yaris a few times. Yep. 
And before that, were you a regular at the track? No, or not no. Much? I didn't have really have a car suitable for it, Ajmal. I, like, I, don't, I didn't want to do it in my 356 as much as I'd love to take it on the track, right, just for the fun you'd factor. You'd, you'd make that engine explode. No, I, would, I wouldn't. The, look, I've, it's, I've, I've, I've fixed an um, electronic speed limiter to the car, you know, since the oh. engine rebuild because I've got, I've got one of those um, on the 356. We've got one of those 123 ignition distributors so yes you, you can know which one you mean yeah you can yep. program the curve and i've also programmed in a speed a rev limiter so that it's um locked out at 6500 rpm you know it doesn't you know i oh, don't get me wrong i could mechanically go over that but it yep. you know there's no need to in a 356 you know what it's, <laughs> the funds had before then i don't think i could get mine to that it's, it's the 912 yeah, it would need some yeah It'd need fettling to get it there. But also, speaking of 912, I listened to Spike's Car Radio yes, just yesterday. I haven't listened to his, and, uh, I haven't listened to his podcast for a little while. Well, I, I like it when Jerry Seinfeld's on there. Sure. He brings something else. He brings a different energy to oh, it. Oh, he does love a 912. And, and he does. And he just said it again. He said, oh, yeah, the 912, it's, it's the perfect car. And then, until you realize he's just, he's just born, <laughs> he's pretty pushing the worldwide price of them up. Because he's just bought one, but he would have bought, you know, he would have bought one with low miles, original paint, matching numbers, all hey, of that stuff. Ashmel, I just want, I want to give you some perspective here, right? Yeah. Jerry's bought, let's say, the greatest nine twelve on the planet. Let's say he has, right? Yeah. He probably hasn't because that's not his style. But let's just say he has. Mm. Yep. How much could it have been? Um, 150,000 well, US? Uh, well, the I think the most expensive 912 in the world recently sold in the UK for £125,000. Okay, so that's, that's about 150,000 US, right? Yep. That's mm-hmm. the best. Let's say Jerry's, Jerry factor, yeah. increases, the doubles its value. Yep. Do you think... Jerry's hanging on that $150,000 value increase on oh, his 912. No, no. So who no. he wouldn't care about the value of the oh, cars. Oh, he wouldn't care, but he does he does buy the buy sort of that they they are investments. He does have that in mind because otherwise you would just go and I buy don't know one if he does. I don't, think, I don't agree he buys for investment. I I think he when he finds cars, he finds he sources the ones that are the purest version of the car. To get yeah. back to that, you know what the factory intended when they delivered it. That's the what I. That's the impression I get from him. He's got to be mindful of resale, surely. Why? I don't know. I mean, he must have somebody who goes and finds them, and when they he does, he's got, them, he's got like three say, people that do, do it for him. Yeah. So when when he when they go and find them, they find a type of car because you know that's his requirement. Sure. He says, "I want it to be like you say. I want it to be what the factory intended, and I yeah. want it to." That's the impression I get. I don't know if that's if, if that's fact. Yeah. That's my impression. <clears throat> yeah, and when when they find them, just by the very fact that he wants that type of car, and the fact that he's talking about matching numbers, original paint, stuff like that, automatically makes it worth more, and will inevitably inevitably make it worth more in the future. Sure. So it's you know if. He said, yeah, I just want one that looks cool. I want it to drive great. I want it to drive like it did out of the factory, but I don't care about anything else, and I want it to – I don't care how much it is. But then I think he'd still get just as great a car, 
but then what would be the point in employing those people? I guess they've got to add value to the whatever they're bringing well, to the table. How, do you think someone like Jerry Seinfeld spends the hours that most nutcase Porsche enthusiasts, thank you, listeners, the um, <laughs> do on Auto Trader? Bring a trailer. He must have gone bring a trailer just out of curiosity. I don't know. Well, sometimes that's part of the fun, isn't it, for some people? I, it, it, like I've, I enjoy doing it just to see what people are doing out there. Yep. Isn't bring a trailer and collecting cars just a way of laundering money? Because some of the, some Hey, of the I'm trying to get Chris Harris on here for Christ's sake. What are you doing, mate? You're killing me. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. That's true. Sorry. I take that back. Edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, while, while we're talking about Porsche stuff, yeah, it is the podcast. Yeah. Porsche, during our little break since our last podcast, announced $75 million investment in e-fuel production. That was always on the cards though, wasn't it? Yeah, but I've talked talked about it for race cars and experimental prototype stuff, but they're getting quite serious now in the goal to maintain the usability of us and our cars for the future, clearly. Yeah, because originally they they talked about using it in Formula One and saying, well, we will enter Formula One. If you use our juice. If you will, and obviously the likes of Ferrari and McLaren and, you know, Red Bull are going to say, what? Porsche coming in and the game's rigged already. (laughs) We're going to use their fuel. Are you kidding me? So that was probably never going to happen, even though there's rumours about it. They're going to link up with Red Bull and all that. Doesn't everyone have to use Shell currently? Uh... Don't know. Yeah, this the sing you know, this I think the second highest sponsor in Formula One to a single team, that being Ferrari. Yeah, they've always been sponsored by Shell, so if they must be it must be so Shell. Yeah, so you can't say Porsche have a conflict of interest here with fuel if you're not gonna say Ferrari does. Yeah, but Ferrari has historically done things like cheated. Oh Julie. sorry, what? Well, well, during um, the 90s and the early 2000s, they worked with Bridgestone to develop the tyre that everyone would use. <laughs> and that was during their complete dominance. But then when Michelin came along yeah. and they said, well, we're actually going to work and develop the tyre and the suspension on the Renault car. And then Fernando Alonso came along and won two championships. So, you know, it's yeah, that, kind extra, of the that extra 12 rigged. months of development might have some value, you reckon? Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Just a little bit. <laughs> and um, also on the Porsche front, GT4 has stopped production. Porsche are no longer taking orders for GT4s. Only GT4 RS, if there's any allotment available. And there's only going to be a few of those RSs. That- Though, aren't they? No, they're not limiting production. They've not said that we're only making X number of them. However, with what's happening in the market, I think the demand will diminish quite quickly on that car, you know, because they'll only allocate X number of build slots per month for a certain period of time, even though they're not going to say, look, they're not going to say we're only building 1,200 of them. But what they'll probably do is say we're only building 100 a month and then after a year, say we're not building it anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like Porsche do it in an yeah. odd way like that? 
Yeah, because there'll be that rarity factor. They'll keep buying them back and reselling them, buying them back and reselling them. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things where I guess they're, they're not trying to repeat the problem, or not the problem, but what happened with the 996. And I don't know why, why not, why you wouldn't do that, because, you know, everybody went out and bought a Boxster on a 996, which yeah. is why they're still so available. Sure. And I, I just don't understand why they're not, because the price is only going to go up. Well, with the GD4 RS, I don't don't know if you had the opportunity, but Doug DeMuro did a um, review on the GD4 RS. Well, believe it or not, I've read a review of his review. (laughs) You read a review of his (laughs) review? Is that right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Anyway, he he was like, you know, his first date out with the supermodel is the only way to describe. He was like a little giggling little girl, you know, the whole (laughs) review. Look, it was... It was wasn't very independent, but it was independent mm. to the point where he didn't do it at a Porsche product release. He did it still using a car from a dealer, not going oh, right. to a Porsche event. Um, and he's quite critical of that actually in the review about other reviewers oh. um, on that topic and uh, journalists how they behave at these product releases uh, during that review, which is pretty interesting, but. His take on how expensive that car is, not from the factory, but from how much you have to pay over and above the factory price in the US to get one. Yep. Like by the time you add options plus the overs, they're nearly 300000 in the US now. Jeez. Right? So that's big, big money for that car. And at the end he says – is it worth that much? And he says it might. And you know, at three hundred thousand, even though there are one hundred and twenty-eight thousand US, yep, without options. You know, so if you get a stock one, but no one does. It's a Porsche. Everyone gets some options, right? But hang on, let me let me stop you there. Are we definitely recording? Yes, that's all right. Okay, good. I, I just for a second thought it wasn't recording. Yeah, let me let me double check because you've made me panic. <laughs> you know, we definitely are recording. He says okay. that you've just muted yourself. Okay, you're back. No, I haven't. <laughs> um, he says at the end of it, is it a $300,000 experience, this car? And he says it might be. What? Really? Mm. Yeah, he, he says this is the best driving Porsche ever built. What does that, what does that do to the... GT3s? No, because I know they've tweaked it. I know they've tweaked it because it's, it's, the, it's the GT three lump isn't it right yep, yep. in there and they've tweaked it in a way to that it, the driving experience is the ultimate but obviously the numbers don't quite match the gt3 now i think that it's this identical torque it's about four horsepower less right and they say yeah and they say that because the longer exhaust right but a company like porsche they could tweak something to can counter that i'd imagine but all that aside I actually feel that in this car, they've decided let's not worry what about a 911 customer anymore. Let's just build the best version of this series of car we can. Well, I guess it's the last one. It's almost like... Uh, it won't be. Well, is it? Is it? Because I reckon the next but, one's going to be okay. Because there's a hybrid. Is there a hybrid one? No, the Mission R, the new, the new, you know, 
yeah. came and boxed the platform is electric. They've already come out and said yeah. that's going to be the case. They've said right? that, yeah. However, is there going to be an electric GT4? Is there going to be an electric Spider? Mm. No. Unlikely. I don't, I don't think so. I think they're going to stay. And if I, th- I think you might be right. I think they're going to have I, – I, I don't know. Who knows? But anyway, that's mm. that's the news. Any, I know someone who's got a GT4 RS on order at the moment. It's been mm. on order now for about three months. They're talking end of 23, possibly early 24 delivery. Whoa. Yes. Why is it? Why is that? Is that still because of chip shortage or is that just? Oh, just production demand. We done the list. Yeah, I'd say so. Oh, flip an egg. Yes. Hmm. So <clears throat> that's a lot of foreplay. With, with, well, there's a, yeah, there's a lot going on with what Porsche are doing, but. I think it still comes down to the same old thing. If you if you walked into the dealership with your in the US with your three hundred thousand dollars or over here with your two hundred and fifty thousand pounds, you can't get one unless you're in the club. Or and it's know, actually you know what's frustrating a bit. What's frustrating about it with Porsche is it's a dealer club, not a factory club. At least with Ferrari, yeah, exactly. it's a factory club. If you're a if you've bought thirty Ferraris in Australia and you move to the UK and you go in a Ferrari dealership, you're treated like you've bought thirty Ferraris. If you do the same yep. in, if you do the same with Porsche, if I go, if I move, if I bought ten Porsches from the Porsche Centre Perth here in Western Australia, and moved to Melbourne, I'd, I'd go in and say, look, I'd love to buy a GD3. They'd say, mate, uh, what about that Cayman over there? Yeah. And while well, you're at it, why don't you buy a McCann for the wife and come and see us when the nine nine fours out? Yeah. No, that's exactly it, and it, and it is, it is. I mean, I say it's frustrating, but you know, I'm not in the market. Yeah. One, but it, it just it, it just says something about the brand, I think, and, and you'd think after the success of this podcast moving forward, I think you might be in the market soon, though. I think so too. You know, I think I think so. I mean, I worry about where my next coffee's coming from, but you know, <laughs> should should we speaking of the success of the podcast? Let's talk. Let's talk about that. Yes. Let's. Oh, since the Timex watch giveaway. Which we're going to announce. No, hang on, the oh, recipient. we need to do that. That's on my list of stuff. The recipient. We'll yes. talk about the recipient, but first, let's read the reviews that have been put up. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll read them out to you. Here we go. Where are they? They're on my computer here somewhere. Don't go anywhere, everyone. Yeah. If All it right. says something like this pair of clowns, then I'm sorry, it's probably my mum. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've got, hang on, how many? One, two, three, four. Five new um, reviews since our uh, since we announced the Timex watch giveaway. Okay. Okay. Drive those cars is the head of this review. Five stars. Thank you. Love the twisties from the United States of America. His review reads: I enjoy listening to Mark and Ajmal talk about all things Porsche. It's great that Ajmal uses his 911 all the time. They're meant to be driven. Thanks for the videos and YouTube channels too. Thanks, guys. Okay, next oh, one. Nice. So that was from Love the Twisties in the USA. Uh, next one, A Night Out with Your Mates. I discovered this podcast by accident when researching to buy a 911. I'm glad I did, as this is a great listen. Although I do not know these two, it is like being out with your friends discussing the week that was and various other topics, then coming back to Porsche discussions. Hang on, it's got a full read review. Bugger, here we go. Um... You need to give this a try. 
And that's from Jason997 in Great Britain. Oh, that's, a, that's a really big compliment, that one. Yeah, I think it's pretty good too. Um, next one is Fun Porsche Banter. Mark and Ajmal are fun, lighthearted, and engaging. They don't pretend to know it all, but deliver the goods. Thank guys for keeping me company on my workouts. That's from MPD1 in the USA. Thanks, MPD1. And UK and Oz Porsche scenes combined. Exclamation mark, five stars. Ooh. Podcast, a oh, great podcast. To, oh, hang on, let me just, I'm going to hit the full review button before I get it all. Great podcast to get a wider insight into the Porsche world, both in the UK and Oz. Covers a fantastic range of ownership stories through the 356, 912, 986, 996, 981 GT4, with a bit of F1 thrown in too, so something for everyone. Subscribe now so you don't miss the big-name guests such as Hoovy, Horner, and Magnus that surely must be coming soon. Keep up the great work, guys. Look forward to future episodes. That's a really optimistic review. <laughs> but that, oh, please. That is from at at ST in the Great in Great Britain. And I think that's the last one, is it? Oh no, hang on, I've got another right, one. We here. need to choose one of those. Yeah, I'm not finished those. yet. Okay, hang on, hang on. This is the last one. I enjoy listening to the topics covered and the banter between the hosts. I first heard Ajmal during his guest stints on Porsche Gould Podcast, then his YouTube channel. I'm glad to see he's doing his a podcast with Mark. Keep it coming, guys, especially now since Porsche Cool has hung up the microphone. That's from Cutlass 76 in the USA. Thanks, Cutlass 76. Cutlass 76, you reckon that's his car? It could be. It must be. It must be. Unless he was conceived in one in 76. Yeah, yeah, it's potential. Could or be. he's got an affinity with pirates. Or it could be a she. Ooh. Girl pirate. Because speaking of stats, yeah. I looked at my YouTube stats and they were, you know, they were incredibly consistently depressing as always. But, <laughs> but. Your female content's yes. increased, hasn't it? But it's now 1.6% of my viewership is female. So that just made me really happy. Good stats. I'm all about diversity. Well, before we divert, I wouldn't. I do want to talk about YouTube stats in a second, right? But out of those reviews, what do you reckon? I like the one about the what a night out with your mates. That's Jason nine nine seven. Yeah. Okay, Jason nine nine seven. Jason nine nine seven. You've got a Timex watch coming to you. Thanks, everyone, for leaving reviews. We really appreciate it. Jason, I will – look, I will find you somehow, some way. And if you're listening to this, can you just send me a message to remind me and I'll post you out this Timex watch. And I'll should, give, we, should we announce the next giveaway right now while we're talking have you got, about Have it? you got something? Or am I going well, to, have got I got to come up with something? Or do you want to do it? I've, I've got uh, a brand-new Minton Box Porsche mug, which oh. is – not in the same room as me. I need to go and get it. Um, so you've got a Porsche mug, right? Yep, from the dealership. Ooh, in a Porsche box? In a Porsche box, yep. Hey, Ajmal. It's the bigger one. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll come back to it in a second. It. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, so that's our next giveaway. 
Porsche mug in box. Yeah, let's do it. Is yep. it the one with a nice little gold ring around it? I, do you know what? I haven't looked at it. Can, yeah, okay. Shall I go and get it? Go get it right shall now. I and I'll crap right. on about my YouTube channel. You, you, keep, you keep talking. Yeah, okay. So, while I'm You look like a giant when I'm off here. <laughs> you do look like a giant up there. But we're not recording the video of this. Uh... <laughs> you look like a giant because your doors are so small. <laughs> um, you've got to see how small his house is. The doors in his house are. Uh, so... Uh, while Ajmal's doing that, I was just mentioning my YouTube channel, and I can't help but notice my diminishing subscriber count. I've lost, like, in the last, realistically, six months, I reckon 2,000 subscribers just because of my lack of consistent content. So, look, it's I'd like to say it's frustrating, but the reality is I'm not putting the energy into it that I once did, mainly because of the time that my work's taking up and... Ajmal, because our big, Ajmal's just walked back through his tiny door. Like, Ajmal could be three foot tall, right? And he could be living in a doll's house for all I know. But he looks like a giant coming through the door. I was just talking about my um, my YouTube channel, how I've, over the last six months, so I've lost about 2,000 subs, right? Oh, wow. Just because of, really, I know it's because I'm not, I'm not putting up consistent content and I don't put the energy into it that I once did just because of commitment to work and, um, family things and in all honesty I actually really enjoy this format as a form of my social media and communicating with the world and I find it easier because it's spontaneous and good yeah. fun and meet some great people and I don't actually have to be there to meet them uh, That so we've had some great guests that are in different parts of the world which I would never get to video with because oh, I may in the future however over this COVID pandemic period where none of us have really travelled much, the opportunities to meet these people would be somewhat limited if YouTube was my only, um, I guess, a method of delivering yeah. my social media. No, I agree completely because my channel is more just me getting stuff off my chest and if there's something – and I like – it's kind of also – it helps my mental health. I just – anything that's on my mind, I just talk about it and – um, and whatever's going on with my 911, my box, don't mind. And I still find it hard to believe I've got three Porsches. But um, but to be able to get it's because you're a collector, as well. You're a collector. You're an aficionado of the brand. A collector of rowish cars. But um, but also you're right. The guests the guests have been amazing to be able to talk to those people. And um, I, the, the annoyingly, I've kind of reached out to about three or four people to be guests in the future, and they've all said yes, they would love to. But I can't nail them down to a date, so that's what I'm working on now. So we'll talk about that off 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 air. Yes, we kind of I kind of mentioned it, I think most of them to you. Yep, sure. But yeah, we'll we'll finalise that. So let's um we will endeavour to have a guest in our next podcast in about a week's time. Yeah, but while but in the meantime, yeah, let's talk about the Porsche mug. Oh, great! Yeah, I know the box. I've got one in the garage. I've not actually opened this before. I've had it for about four years. Where did it come from? How did you come about this? Someone gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> from a workplace? Was what's hang on, wait, wait. Uh, Was it one of your children no. or your wife before we do this? Uh, it's uh, it's the dead relative. No. <laughs> does, does it say, is it written on text on the bottom, Happy Father's Day? <laughs> No, it doesn't say that. No, no, it says to a loving son. No, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not. 
it's it's just a gift that's not yeah yeah that's it yeah oh it has got the gold ring on it on the yeah this yeah. is a, this is one high quality unit one. made in germany that's the big one yes made in germany so we've got, a, got like a little German, like a, a, a Porsche part number on it. <laughs> <laughs> of course it would have. So we've got a says, um, coffee mug, Porsche branded. That is Porsche Crest Cup Large on the bottom. Sure. What's the part number? Uh, WAP 050607MBIG. So if anyone is listening and wants to Google it, okay, <laughs> to see what the giveaway is. Now, Ajmal. For yep. someone to win this mug, tell us, what do they got to do? Uh, they have got to, same again. From leave now, a review. From the date, from today, yep. leave a review. And it's a good way that the same people don't keep winning them. Yeah, good. Uh, so, and, I mean, should I say, like, there's some parts of the world I can't post it to? I mean, am I, how am I going to post it without it breaking? Nah, don't. Look, we'll, we'll do our best. Look, we'll send it with all care, no responsibility, Ajmal. Okay. In fact, you know, actually, I'll tell you what we'll do. Ajmal, inside the box, you'll, Ajmal will include one of those small five mil tubes of super glue in case. But what if the glue bursts <laughs> under pressure? Nah, they're sealed up. Don't worry about it. You're overthinking <laughs> this. It's not, well, like, uh, hey, it's no, not like we'll, we'll a, sort it out. it's not like you got a terrorist like name once you put the sender details on there. Yeah. So all you've got to do is leave an Apple review, um, preferably a positive one, <laughs> and message me and or Mark on Instagram. And then when we've got, I don't know, five reviews. We'll yeah, in, in, a few, in a few weeks, we'll announce a winner and send it out to you. Yeah. It's just the Timex thing took a little bit longer. <laughs> To yeah. announce a winner or pick a winner, yeah, so, but we're there. So, listeners, this time we're serious. Yeah, we're serious. Mm-hmm. We're not messing around. The this time is personal. How's the uh, channel? How's the channel sponsor work going, Najma? We got any um, action going there with any um, no, with your organic only, prosecco I, manufacturer? I only reached out to the one, which is the the you know the organic prosecco that I love to drink, but uh, I should have written to more of them and said look if you want exclusive access me and mark to only drink your prosecco while we're on (laughs) then (laughs) so yeah shockingly no one's come back to me yeah okay yeah i'll look you know in all honesty i've done nothing looking for a sponsor yeah i've just sent one yeah okay so i've I've got (laughs) some ideas i did listen to a guest that Lee had on his Nine Works Radio, who hand makes car care products there in the UK, and I thought he'd be a good one to do because I know his products are for sale here in Australia as well. What's the company? Are we allowed to say what the company is called? I can't remember, but I'll get to the bottom of it. All right. Yes. And let's do that. I'm pretty sure he owns a nine six four RS. Whoa! Yes, that's a bit cool. Yes. So maybe we should get, try and get him involved in some way or another. We'll get him on as a guest because you, know, you could do with some lessons, right? Well, yeah. I mean, he could. Detail your car. His Instagram. Yeah, or my Instagram or both and yours. He could come and detail my car while it still works. 
Well, your castle not works. Sure. Yeah, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not convinced it's going to keep working for that much longer. You still got the noise from the no oil. Uh, yeah. So it's I've topped up the oil, which was two liters. It's still done the rat a tat tat, is it? First, yeah. So the first startup of every day, there's a bit of a a, a noise, like a knocking. It's it's more a knocking noise. What's flat six jack thing about? Um, <clears throat> I haven't been to show him. He's, I'm not in his good books at the moment because of the whole box debacle. Yeah, because of that. Why? What happened? Well, you know, when he's got so many cars that he's working on and he thought he'd got rid of it because he'd fixed everything on mine. Ah, yes, yes, yes. And, uh, but on the way home, I, <laughs> I gave it all the beans. <laughs> and some fell out. Yeah, and some fell out. And then I had to send it straight back to him. I didn't even make it home. Yeah, okay. So, um, by the way... That's, that's the not box, to imply uh, that the work he did caused this problem by no metric no, no, no. were you suggesting that, that, that are was, you? That was the uh, original issue, which was the oil separator. Got so it. still had oil. At the time, I thought, oh, God, it's just terminal. Oh, this it's is the one where you had the, had the thing buried to the floor for minutes and... Yeah. Got so it. he's he basically burnt the oil off that went in. Sure, and he sure, tested sure. everything else, and it's all yep. it's, it's all fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, with the with the nine eleven, it does, makes that noise for about 10, 15 seconds. Yeah, okay. And then it goes, and then for the rest of the day, it doesn't happen again. But you know it's happening when you turn it on because the first when it's turned on. And and, and you know, since then I have redlined it a few times, and it's been fine. Okay. So but when you turn it on, but 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 since then. I've not. I've hardly driven it. So the last time I drove it was the last video I made where I went to a Porsche uh, meet okay. at a, uh, a coffee shop, uh, which is quite local to me, about thirty miles away, um, called Podium Place. Sure. And um, my friend John organized um, just a, a meet on a Sunday morning. Is that where you, is that where you that uh, messaged was, me of the picture of the Lambo? Yes. Got it. And that was. Uh, so it's Tuesday today, so that was not the Sunday just gone the one before. Yep. So that's the last time I drove it. It's parked about two blocks away. What? Is so it still I lit? I, I don't know. I haven't been there. So it's it's parked there because on my driveway, I meant to take the Boxster out, and the Boxster's tucked right in the corner of the driveway, and I normally park the 911 behind it. So I parked it down there. And then I haven't been out since, apart from I've been out in the Boxster twice. And then it's because we've been on holiday, I've been going out with the family. Just you, you've, you've just got to walk two blocks for Christ's sake. I know, but it's in a direction that I don't normally go. That's like a countryside that way. This is baffling. I know. I know. I need to go. I need to go and see today that it's still there and fire it up. And in true flat cap driver style, one of your windows is going to be partially open. You never flat battery, right? And you'll have soaked the interior of the car. No, it hasn't been raining. It's been really hot. Okay, so, condensation inside. The windows are all fogged probably up. Probably condensation because because when I went and fired it up to go to this meet, yes. again, I hadn't driven it for sort of weeks. Yeah. Uh, maybe 14, 10 days. Sure. And it was a... Uh, so I had to go and fire it up the day before. I thought I better go and check that it works because I was leaving early the next morning. And it kind of did a slow turnover and it fired up. Yeah. So I went down to the petrol station and the tire, it felt awful. So the tires had sort of 15 PSI in them. 
and the one at the petrol station didn't work. So I thought, you know what? I've got one in the I've got one of those lighter powered ones in the sure. car. I'll just I'll just do that myself. But the, obviously the pressure was so low, it took half an hour to do it all. And I'm parked in the petrol station and I've killed the battery. So I get back Pumping in. Pumping up your tires. <laughs> yeah. So I get back in. I've literally gone sort of. You didn't think that it would be a good idea to have the engine running while you're doing this? Well, no. Someone phoned me. So I was on the phone. <laughs> and you can't have the engine running when you're at the petrol station. So I, I did it parked on the side and I had to fire the car up to move it to the pump, but it didn't start. So I had to then let it sit for 10 minutes and then it eventually fired up. And then I went to a petrol station two miles away so it would warm up and then park it back up and it worked the next day. But since that day, I haven't driven it again. This is just like debacle. You don't even deserve a car. What? But I did go out on Sunday, two days ago. uh, No, yesterday in my Boxster. I went to the hardware store. There are people out there that pine for a 996. Yeah, but that's what they're for. They're made to be used. Don't like confuse that. use with abuse. It's not abused. It just look. It looks abused, but it's not. It's yeah, okay, just good, the way. Good. Yeah, look. So you it's, know, it's not. You let it. You let, your tire's got fifteen psi, right? You. Yeah. You got. You let the oil run out basically, and you're now making funny noises whenever you start it. Does this sound like you, does I this don't sound know if like the two are related? You, did it do it before you were low on oil? Well, I don't know when it became low on oil. Yes, you do because you so, checked the oil and you had to top it up because it was making yeah, I know, funny but it noises. Could have been, it could have happened the day before. You, oh, you're or, so grasping for straws on this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I kind of feel like I've been framed on this one, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs> But, but, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, good, yeah. It's good to, to be out in the Boxster because mm-hmm. it's sunshine, yeah. top down. Mm, nice. And um, it's just the, because it, it got through the MOT. Yeah. So it's road really legal. And it's got some advisories. And you know when there's advisories on your MOT? I don't. Everything. This is something that we don't have over here, but oh, I right, assume okay, it's a so list of you should fix this before they're yeah, a bigger problem because so we won't renew yeah. it next year if you don't. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's kind of like it's roadworthy, but these things will need attention. Sure, sure. And the shit are, list. The, yeah, and they are all things that you absolutely notice as you're driving it. <laughs> all of them. All of them. Because there's only two things, really. It's all of the lower ball joints. Oof, yeah, have okay. some movement in mm-hmm. them. And the front anti-roll bar bushes. These, are, uh, these all sound like jobs you should do yourself. Yeah, that I would. They they normally you'd buy the sort of the coffin. Are there coffin arms? Coffin arms. They come with the ball joint in, so you just unbolt it from the two sides, whack in the new one. Uh, the all you need, all you need now is a garage and a job. Exactly. Well, the garage and a job. Yes, I need both of those things. But <laughs> but I would do those things because otherwise, well, no, that would make it drive great, but it still has the clicking from the timing chain guides. Can't you just put some fluid in there that you can't hide that sound? Some additive to the oil, like honey or something? Sawdust? Sawdust? Did you say you wanted to sell it? <laughs> I do 
want to sell it, but I don't want to, I don't, because the thing is, I was thinking to myself, because I don't want to say it to anybody else, but I am now on the podcast, uh, which was that. That's just you and I, really sell okay. it with. Yeah, exactly. No one's listening. But if uh, with the with the suspension and the ball joints and enter wall, can I really sell it as it is? But I can if I'm just on. We bought it as it is. And you can tell. Well, yeah, I mean, the because Jack, when he had it, obviously he did the the two front struts, he did the ball joints, and he did the rear brake discs and pads. I mean, the the brakes are brilliant now. And I was thinking, should I get those things done? But I haven't got any money, so, you know. Oh, brakes. Let me tell you a story. Tell me, tell me. Two days before we decide to, or decided some time ago that we were going up to Coral Bay. Actually, I didn't mention this earlier. It's a 13-hour drive each way. Up down the road then? Yeah, yeah. In Western Australia, it's just, you know, a weekend trip. <laughs> as far as Australia, <laughs> yeah, down the road. So, yeah, it's about 1,200 kilometres north of Perth, right? And um, two days beforehand, oh, we were planning on taking the – we've got a Volkswagen Tiguan, an SUV, one of Ajmal's favourites. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the – my wife says, oh, coming home from work two days before we're going. Coming home from work, the um, brake pad wear indicator light came on. Oh. Which I know there's plenty left and I'm doing highway case to get all the way out to Coral Bay and back. It, I could have left it, but I didn't want to look at that light for 26 yeah. hours, 27, 26, 27 hours of driving <laughs> on the dash that I can't turn off. So I ring up Volkswagen Centre. Parts and labour, $2,800, fronts. For pads only? No, pads oh, the pads and rotors. You've got to replace both. All right, okay. okay. Just because this pad size means you can't machine the rotor because once a pad's worn, put the, the yep. way it sits in, you machine the rotor, it's below minimum spec right, okay. each time, right? Yeah. And I thought, oof, that's, that's a lot of money. That's a hell of a lot of money. <laughs> for, for, you know, a, not just a three-year-old car, it's a very – Nice, modern, safe, family. You, you can buy my box stuff that much. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't have got all the gear in, right? <laughs> Including my daughter. But um, Oh, yeah, that's true. But the I thought, hmm, it seems like a lot. I'm going to find out who the OE supplier of the rotors and pads are. Googled away. Rang the uh, importer. Oh, we've got a supplier in Perth. They're showing they've got stock on hand. Here's their phone number, rang them. Yeah, Mark, the parts are going to be $420. Hmm. Wow. I think. Okay. So you sell those parts of Volkswagen Center? Yeah, yeah, we do that. Yeah, yeah. So when they don't have stock, they come to you. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take those. Right. <laughs> and got home, thought, I've changed brake pads and rotors and cars before. I'll just jack it up and do it. Hour 35 later, done. Done. Whole thing. Save this myself. is just the front. Yeah, save myself. Oh, the, I checked the backs. The backs have still got seven millimetres of pad on them. No, oh, plenty. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a uh, very easy, if dirty, job to do. Yeah, see, I've done it before on my old Golf Mark Four. And it was the same kind of thing. I took it down to the local garage and it was just front pads, discs, and they said something like 300 pounds. So I just phoned up 
local supplier and he said he could give me the discs and the pads for 95 pounds and again i came home an hour and a half bit of googling done and and back out and and the time it takes as well because normally I don't like to do it because I don't like to get my hands dirty. I don't like the sure. messing about. And also it's quite, cr- it was in where I lived before my garage was quite cramped. Sure. And, um, but when you take into account having to take the car there, wait for it to be done, pick it up, come home or, and make those multiple journeys there. It is an hour and a half there. Yeah. It's actually me doing it. It saves me time as well. And, uh, but it's funny you should say that because on our family wagon, the Audi A3, the disc, the pad lights on, mm-hmm. and uh, I bet it's probably the same pads as what's in my cheek one. Probably, yeah, because you know, for the uh, Boxster, I yes. bought new discs and pads for the back, and they cost eighty-seven pounds together. Sure, both Brembo mm-hmm. discs and pads, and they sent me the wrong disc. Yeah, that's why they're eighty-seven pounds. Yeah. No, they sent me Boxster S discs. Okay. So they're too big. <laughs> uh, they're too big. So Jack still got those, so he had to go and get new ones. But now that I think, well, hang on, those Boxster S discs, rear discs, are exactly the same as the ones on the 996. Are they? So, yeah, so I can just keep those for when I need Good them one. on the back of my 996. Um, but, yeah, on, on the family wagon, the Audi A3, it's currently got, Three warning lights. So yesterday it was four, but today it's three. Uh, so it has the service is due. Sure. Uh, brake pads, uh, screen wash, and yesterday it had the fuel one as well. Well, screen wash is um, easy enough to get cleared out, right? Yeah. So I need to do that one. In fact, Fuel's you, you yeah, the, do the brake pads and road it yourself. Um, well, I've got it booked in. I've got, uh, I've got okay. it booked in. I haven't got a pro- because it also needs the cam belt kit done. So that's going to be water pump, pulleys, sure. all that stuff. Uh, it needs an oil change, and uh, and you know it'll have a coolant flush. So and it's going to get the pads done. So it's going to need it's going to get the full full works. I actually think the problem with your nine nine six is the oil pump. Do you reckon? Yep. No. No, but why would it then not happen again for the rest of the day? It gets pressure. It gets the pressure up. It's worn. I don't know. That's, that's my, I, two, I reckon, well, it's, it's that's my a, two cents worth. Hey, well, it's been a couple of uh, maybe two weeks. Common problem. A, on 996s oil, oil pumps, aren't they? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's been a couple of weeks since I've interacted with Jack, so maybe maybe he's calmed down a bit. And I can just this might explain why he's not on our podcast. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's not. On that one. <laughs> but I'll I'll turn up. I'll turn up and ask him, and uh, and see what he says. I'll work that out. But oh, I didn't. I didn't actually talk about the 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 Porsche meet. Yes, let's hear it. So while I was there, hmm. um, so I I meet this guy who's got um, uh, a 1982. Lamborghini Countach <laughs> and it's like you know it's got cracked paint on it it's it's not pristine it's not definitely not a gar- garage queen right up your alley this isn't it you yeah. loved it but you know you know he opens the hood hmm. and you could eat your dinner off the engine oh really 
Yeah, it looked amazing. And the story about how he got it, got it and all of that was brilliant. But he said basically he was pulled out of the garage. He bought it. He'd been in the garage 13, 14 years. And uh, he said he spent £700 getting it going. And then drove it to And then drove it to Le Mans. So, so he's and he, and he wasn't he's he was out and about. It was a you know Sunday. The weather was really nice, and he just happened to be out and about. He's local to that place, and he went. Oh, I just saw a few Porsches driving around, so I just followed them and came here, and got a coffee and a burger. Fantastic, eh? So it's really really nice event. Uh, podium place. So if anyone wants to just pop down there, they sell nice pastries, coffees, and Ferraris. Nice one. Oh, Ferraris. and Clarence. McLaren's, yeah. okay. I've got, I've got a couple of good Kuntash stories. Oh. First just one. just bought one. It's in the garage. No, no. They got, right. oh, look, they've never been cheap, right? But no. they increased in value really quickly in about mm. about 18 months before COVID. Like here in Australia, yep. but 18 months before COVID, you could pick one up for 200s, right? Now, six, seven, eight hundreds if you could find one. I think over here they must they must be hitting a million pounds. I believe it. Like early one. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I'll blame Hoovy. He's got one, hasn't he? <laughs> yes. But um, well, he's his twenty fifth anniversary one though. It's all a bit. That's the most common one. Twiddly. Well, it's a bit twiddly. It's got loads of like plastic kits on it. Yeah, it's got a lot of plastic on it. Mm. Um, so not not my favourite one. But uh, please don't put that put you off. Coming on the show, Tyler. <laughs> so the <laughs> the in about oh, it would have been oh one two thousand one. I'm with a mate. We're driving from Italy to the French Alps. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're not far from Briançon, which is sort of the first big town you hit, and we're coming over the Italian French border. And as we're um, pulled in, just to get the photo, the token photo. Yeah, of um, you know. France, first time being there. Uh, parked up is a white, what was white, Countach, and it looked what can only be described as your car on steroids when it comes to the condition. It had so much road grime on it, right? I actually ran my finger through it and it came off in a cake on my finger. Oh, right. It, yep. The thing was filthy and it was pinging and popping. The guy had obviously gone into the uh, little restaurant to get a coffee or something because I'm having yep. to look through the window and that type of thing. It was a, I'm pretty sure it was a Belgian car on the number plate. And mm. I, the guy came out as I was looking at it, admiring the car, and he spoke good English, like all Belgians do. Yep. But you know, he speaks better English than Australians do as a general rule. And I mean, probably. Yeah. And uh, I said, oh, this is great. I love how you've driven it and all that sort of thing. He says, yeah, I've just tipped over 200,000 kilometres on it since I bought it. Wow. Yes. 200,000 Ks in a Countach. That is unbelievable because mostly people always say they're not, they're not that drivable. Yeah. And look, I can vouch for how challenging the driving experience is, in all honesty, mostly because of my stature. Like I was in the fortunate position to have um, worked on one, the dash and that, for a car that got delivered to Australia back in the 90s. And it was 
the clutch was incredibly heavy. Like I've owned Aussie muscle cars, V8s, you know, like twin plate clutches, that sort of thing. This was heavier than that. And because of the angle of the footwell, the only positive thing about it is because how little I am, my feet could all get in there comfortably, but it was too far away for the seat all the way forward. And because the seat essentially sits on the floor of the yeah, car, the rails are actually up the sides of the seats. The visibility was terrible for me. I needed I needed a booster seat. I needed one of my but daughter's booster seats from a few years ago. But isn't it the visibility just as bad if you're tall? No, but I, I was looking through, like the top of the steering wheel was at my eye height. Oh, wow. You know, so it was, it just didn't work. I'm sort of, you know, craning to drive it. So that problem, I had the clutch. When it was warm, the gear shift was quite nice. So that was memorable for me. But overall, the car was, yeah, not built for me. Um, but that's okay. Drive because it was, I did have a poster of one. Um, on my wall as a youth with a scantily clad lady, lady. Yeah. yes, <laughs> draped over it. So, it um, red? Hmm? no, no, okay, it was a silver one. Oh, yeah, because over here they were uh, the posters were called Athena, I think. I don't know, was the company that made them, sure. And uh, and when I was getting my coffee at this coffee place, and there was mm. a young lad serving, and uh, and he looked at the car, he would have been about. 20 sure and he said oh that's that's a cool car what is it and i was like oh it's just like it's an age thing you know it's an age thing because yeah, yeah. that car and a diablo and a 959 and f40 they were on my poster sure. you know, on the wall uh, as a kid and i look around most of the guys here and i was thinking oh dude killing me. <laughs> yeah but look regardless of you regardless of where you drop into the timeline the Countach is a spaceship yeah I yes. think more so than the Diablo and the Mercy and the cars that followed. The Countach. They, they were an evolution of it almost. Yeah, yeah they, just than... when you look at the Countach, it is a spaceship. Can you imagine what it would have been like seeing one? What year did it come out? 71 or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, early, yeah it was early. 71, 72 um, was when the, yeah. they launched it at some, one of the motor shows. That would have just blown the tops off people's heads when they uncovered it. I know, and it was so clean, the lines of it. It was just so. It, Narrow body it, and all that sort of thing. Yeah, and it was uh, so. If you think about all the ones from the the previous original uh, Lamborghinis, mirrors so different. They, yeah, mirrors. Spiders. They were all curved, and uh, whereas whereas this came along, you know, straight lines. So brutalist, wasn't it? You know. Yeah, it really was, and I, I'm, from what I hear, it, and, and everything you're telling me, the driving experience was a brutalist as well. The look, I've never driven a Mura, and I would love to drive a Mura, right? Because to me. It's, you know, that and an Alpha 33 are probably the two most beautiful cars, yeah. Italian sports cars ever made, in my yeah. mind, you know. And what do we say? Mid-engined production car? Mm-hmm. The first mid-engined production car? Alpha? No. I sent you the link. Can't remember. What were we talking about? Oh, the Mura. The, the, yes. Uh, and I, I don't know where I would have heard that, though. I, I heard that on a TV show or something. Um because the Mayora over here is known for was it on was it in the Italian job? It's in the Italian job, know. isn't it? The I, movie. I don't know. At, at the beginning, when I think Italian job, I think minis. Yeah, but at the beginning, there's just a little scene where there's a mirror going the through the Alps. Or something is it? 
yeah, Alps or somewhere like that. It's sure. going around there and it goes into a tunnel and you just hear <laughs> explosions. Oh, okay. Um, but it was, uh, it's beautiful. And mm-hmm. I, I think that people associate it with that over here, much the same as minis, I guess. Sure. I'll be pretty, now that we've changed the um, name of the podcast to Lamborghini Talk, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to segue into talk about Terminator. Terminator. Yeah, Terminator, because, you know, when people go, you know, later on the Diablo and Moish Largo came along and, and they were evolutions of people. And some people might argue that the Diablo is better. and But as a concept, it's an evolution of something. So you go, well, can it be better than the original? And people always raved about Terminator 2 is the, is, is the best, you know, special effects, all of that stuff, amazing movie. But, you know, I was always about the Terminator 1 because as a concept, it started and, and it's just a continuation of the story. Sure. But the first Terminator movie is just as a, a thing and the and the feeling of dread throughout it that this machine that can't be stopped is out to kill this woman. I thought it's the, it's the best thing ever. I'd still watch that tomorrow, much like I would Alien. Cool. That's my segue into, you know, our podcast as movie review thing. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I keep getting asked by people, how am I going to fit a bicycle in the back of the Cayman? Don't you take the wheel off and have it stood up and you've got to put something on the roof? Yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I know. Otherwise, there's no other way. Oh, talk talk actually, since I've social media blasted that I've got a GT4. <laughs> yes. I have uh, had people reach out to me that I've never known that were uh, social media voyeurs would be the best way to describe them, you know, non-contributors, they're just lookers. Oh, yes. We yep. all know them, right? Yep. <laughs> and um, one of them sends me through a link of a mod on a GT4 of a roof scoop. That goes straight down, replaces the whole back window of the hatch and has the roof scoop above it and goes and intakes straight down into the intake of the motor through the engine cover behind the driver and passenger. masses of extra cooling? No, air intake. But doesn't it create massive drag? Roof scoops, probably. But they're only, it's, it's only to, like, it's probably 20 millimetres high and about, I don't know, 450 millimetres wide and it sits no, just the, flush on the roof and then it sort of comes into the... It's going to disrupt, I mean, as much as I don't know about, you know... Worked for GD1. Uh, aerodynamics and CFD and stuff like that. But, but when when the air comes in, it's going to get disrupted, isn't it? Of course. a ton of air going in, and disrupt, which means it's going to push the car up. So it's going to fight against the downforce when you're going fast. Probably. Yeah. I but mean, I, 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 I think don't know right. if it's going to make any difference how you're going to use I, it. I don't but. think it would make any difference whatsoever, but my goodness, did it look cool. Well, that is the most important thing. I mean, look at look at, look at at Brock with his square thing on the roof, and he's making that work. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about CFD. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, the thing, you know what the thing occurred to me? Yesterday was. This is another segue. Um, the the reimagined cars. Yeah, sure. The cheapest. So, so I saw some. Yeah, so I saw something come up about Austin Healey, the Austin Healey 100. 
Yep. Um, and there's a company called Caton in the UK who have reimagined sure. Austin Healy. They've just launched it. And mm-hmm. It's you know hundreds of thousands of pounds. Yeah. And then I was thinking, are we at, are we at peak reimagining? Because you know the amount of companies that are out there that are just reimagining Porsches, for example. You know when you go oh, Singer, half a dozen of them, right? Leon. Yeah, exactly. You know, even the likes of uh, Rod Emery. That's a bit different, I think. You know what they do, um, but they they don't kind of re-engineer the car. They they make it into something that looks sort of non-factory, but it looks a, like a, a thing of beauty. Whereas everyone else is reimagining it, re-engineering it, and uh, there's so many of them, and there's just more of them coming along. Is it because it's lucrative, or is it because everybody thinks they can do it better or differently? I, don't know. I think. The companies that have someone's approached them, who's effectively become a patron to, and they figure if we're going to put ten thousand hours into doing one, the next one we do will only take five thousand hours, because we know what we're doing this time. So we could actually make some money if we do another one if someone asks us. Yeah, I don't know. Because. How else How else could it be viable? Like you look at some of them. Look, Singer is the extreme example, okay? Yeah. But no, regardless of what other companies are doing out there, no one's really doing it to the level they are. But it's just, I guess, from my point of view, when I think so, about like, I mean, that Eagle company that does those um, E-types, the E-types, they're probably speedsters. comparable to Singer, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because they start at something like half a million pounds. And there's um, there's also that company that does something with Ferrari short wheelbase two fifties as well, isn't there in the UK? Oh, I don't know them. There's the ones that I know that kind of they update them so they're more drivable. So they do that for a DB. And Canapa, Bruce Canapa in the States does that with nine five nines too. But nine five nine's a modern car. I don't know. Until because yeah, that's that's the one that I've seen that recently on Instagram, I think. So his car, Bruce's cars, like anyone who's ever, anyone who's got a nine five nine, when it comes to restoration time, that's he's the guy that does them. He is the guy. Hmm. Oh, see, I, I I think it's just got to that point where. So there's a local company called Theon. I know, and yeah, so they do, and they're just up the road. Sure, and they so to buy one of their reimagined ones because they do restoration as well. Sure, reimagined ones they do a similar thing, and they start with a nine six four. Sure, and they backdate it, and <clears throat> I think the starting price is three hundred thousand pounds. So, and and they do it as a as a thing. It's not you know they're they're not doing it as a one off. They're just doing it as a you know people commission them. Yep, and oh, I just think. Even when Singer, when when I saw a little YouTube video about Singer and people talk about how they wanted the particular type of carpet stitching and they had to, you know, hunt high and low for the right type of stitch, and you just you just there going, yeah. But if I was buying a car, would I care what type of stitching it was as long as it all came together cohesively when you looked at it as a as a thing? Would I look closely at the stitching and go, that stitching is going the wrong way? I'm not happy with that. But if I was paying two million pounds. I don't know. Well, companies like Theon may very well exist purely because even Chris Harris has had to wait four years for a singer. Mm. That's true. Maybe we need the owner of Theon on our podcast. Why wouldn't you? He's down the road. Yeah, I might go up the road. Go door knock. Yeah. I know. 
Just give him no chance. What, turn on with the microphone? <laughs> Why not? Start recording. Well, I think I need to. I need to get. We need to get on it with the with the guests. And, let, and ask him. Ask him the question you asked me. Are we at peak reimagining, or am I, can't I just ask him that? Or am I just imagining? Ah, uh, rather than reimagining, we got to peak imagining, so we had to get into reimagining. But when you get to peak reimagining, where do you go? Maybe it's a full circle, Ashma. It's, it's the it's the abyss. It's the end. <laughs> it's you know, we should just. So, seeing you've done bugger all in your cars lately, um, what's next? Do you know what, what? What I want to do is go and fire up the nine twelve. And what's stopping you? Um, uh, work. The weather. Well, no this this week the weather's been fantastic, but I it's this is, week has been family time. Yeah, I get it. And I, yeah, I didn't want to take any time away from that because it's just been so good spending time with the family, despite the. Potty training. The potty training has been quite funny, actually. Um, but but it's got to the point where now we're getting to, you know, it's what we're heading towards May. And I would like to go and fire it up. I did just realise the other day that it's not on a trickle charger and I haven't used it since probably September. And really? I, yeah, Seven months? So yep. They should still fire up, I think. Because my MG used to fire up after year after year. You keep you keep bringing months. you keep bringing that up, right? But that was like the one magical MG that ever worked. That's probably probably was. And I saw that it. was the chitty chitty bang bang of MGs. I know. I used to love flying in that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but with the nine twelve, I did. I because I I met my friend Simon Simon uh, Jessup. Look him up on Instagram. He does a lot of the photography for rent vehicle design and okay. he's a photographer in his own right. And he's got a 912. Mm-hmm. And I'm always jealous when I see it. And, you know, he only sees, much like when I look at mine, you know, sometimes when you only see the bad things. Yeah. And when, when I look at his car, it's so together and it's, you know, it's right-hand drive as well. And um, it, it, it purrs away when he's driving it, but all he says is it needs a bare metal repaint, it needs this, it needs that. I'm like that with my car. A lot of people, like other 356 owners, I go, man, Mark, I just, I love how good your car is. And every time when I have it, I think, oh, it needs this, it needs that, oh, why is yeah. it this? I'm, I'm, I'm not spending enough time enjoying the moment. Yeah, that's it. And and I think Simon and I are probably exactly the same. And but I saw him there and I saw his car and I was thinking, oh, I really want to get mine out. Um, but there's things that I I need to look at his more because his engine bay is more together. And there's things like little return springs on the throttles and uh, throttle cables and linkages and things like that that are missing off mine. So eventually when you're driving and it warms up, the idle speed is, is at 1500 RPM. Sure. When you've been driving it a long time. Um, so I need to fettle those things the the vacuum pipe off the uh, distributors probably missing or something like that and i saw a, a video just the other day of tge mm. you know tg on youtube sure uh so he he was out in his recently and he's what's, he, what's that guy's name tom tom yeah so he's taking it he, he's someone we could have on as well because he's got a gt3 i think he's got a gt3 none and seven gt3 
Uh, and he's got an, uh, a 66 912 that he's spent quite a lot of money on, and it's now going to rent vehicle design for a bare metal respray. Okay. Um, but he's been out and about in his, and it just makes me think, oh, I really want to get mine out and about. But it just means I have to go to the storage place, meet the guy there. He lets me out. I have to leave my 911 there. And then end leave of the, day, leave I the box that. to there. I could leave the box to there. That's true. But then I'd never, I'd probably never go back and collect it. <laughs> well, it's not costing you money. It's not costing you money to get repair while it's here. That is true. But no, it does work now. It does work. Even, even when I fired it up yesterday and my wife was in the garden and she heard it, she went, that doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> the, the GT4 in the garage where it's parked, I reverse my cars in the garage. It's my preference, right? Yep. The door that goes through into our kitchen living area from the garage, you just, we sort of, when you go now from the garage into our house, you go it's a short hallway where the pantry and laundry are and then through into the um, kitchen and living room. If that door's open when the GD4 started and it does its cold start, all valves open type thing, and you've got to have your foot on the clutch and the brake to start it so you don't use the accelerator to start. It's an electronic oh, right. oh, thing to do what it needs to do, right? So it, when you turn it on, it sort of kicks straight up to about 3,000, 3,500 RPM at all valves open to heat up the catalytic converters, obviously, as quickly as possible. The whole house just, you know what I mean? Because the, the scream noise of that car makes like, I have no idea how the exhaust on that car is even remotely acceptable. And it's the stock exhaust. And, like, I've got all these guys coming to me saying, oh, they sound so much better when you put an exhaust on them. You should hear this thing, Ajmal. At 7,000 RPM, it sounds like an F1 car. <laughs> like, because... It's got all the light and stuff through the drivetrain and that, so it revs up and down like really quickly, you know. Like in the in the auto blip, it's wham, wham, you know, with the how quick it revs up and down type thing. It's, oh, is the, is the auto blip is, is just on? You can't turn that off, can yeah, you? You can turn it You know, you have to actively turn it on. But the features that come with the auto blip is when you hit the sport button, auto blip comes on when you hit the sport button, but also when you hit the sport button, you get increased throttle response. Right. So it's more fun to drive with that. And, you know, I don't mind the auto blip. It's very – your, your Yaris has got the auto blip, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Again, that, that was a turn on. You know, that was a button you had to press. Oh, the Yaris. Yeah. It's been delayed. We're supposed what? to be ready on the 26th of April, right? It needs a wiring loom getting made in Japan at the moment. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. That, I thought you'd have had that back by now. No, uh, look – they just didn't make enough of them, and there's, it's not like they've got all that stuff just sitting on the shelf waiting for idiots yeah, like me to crash true. them. That's, that's true, yes. <laughs> Made to order everything. Oh, it's not oh. quite that bad, but it's there. It's only one step above that for a lot of the um, items. Like they're having to hand make a loom at Toyota for this car so it can get repaired. Oh, wow. Yeah, because uh, my friend's got one, and he's he's racking up the miles. He's his parents live something like five hundred miles away. Yeah, they're addictive cars to drive. It's a great car, yeah. right? Amazing. But I did have someone ask me through social media, three five six owner um, in Melbourne. He's been back and forth over the last two to three years. He's rebuilding his engine, and just we've had conversations about internals, about what's been used and what he's using, and asked me what I did and things like that. 
and he says, I'm thinking about, he says, I see you've GD4 recently and I'm thinking, I'm tossing up between a, a Yaris and a GD4. So it's interesting that you've yep. gone down that journey as a 356 owner. You know, so he's pretty much doing exactly what I've done, you know. And he's, he asked me, you know, with the, the value difference in Australia of those two cars, the GT4 is about four times the value of a Yaris to give you some oh, yeah. value perspective, okay? the He asks, he says he's driven a Yaris, he hasn't driven a GT4 yet. He says, do you think it's four times the experience? Good question. Interesting question. Yeah, it is a good question. Really good question. And I do. And not because I've put the money into it to do that independently. Mm. I I knew the answer to that before I bought it because I had driven a GD4 in the past. Ah, right. Okay. Okay. So had he asked me that question prior to my ownership, the answer would be the same. Now – as an owner, I think it actually might be more than four times the experience. And I'll really? tell you why. The overall quality of the two products is close to four times better. You know, doors closing, touch points, seating position, um, uh, everything falling to hand, Um and the way the hoods open and close, everything is so so German. It's incredible, and it's like the pinnacle of German, not just good German. You know, it's yep. incredibly well put together. It's fairly evident from the couple of Caymans that I've been in um, that the GT and the Spider cars aren't assembled in the same place as the other cars. Ah, uh, right. You know what I mean? There is more attention to details being put on it. It feels like that. There's that little. One percent there, here or there, that makes a difference. Um, the fact that everything there's no bumps, rattles, squeaks, or anything. Everything's really good. There's that aspect of it. The materials inside the cabin. You know, the place you spend like you spend mm. more time in the car looking out than you yep. do out of the car looking in. Everything you look at looks like it should be that much more expensive than the Toyota. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, so what's that with, what, what does that mean for the future of your Yaris? Well, the, where the Yaris is unique as a product is it's low production volume. The GR Corolla about to drop, which which True. and they've just asked they've just basically everyone's got um, Yaris deposits here in Australia for next production run. Yep. Have been contacted to say, look, do you want to move the deposit into a GR Corolla or would you like your money back? Yeah, five door. Mm-hmm. So oh. that, but they'll never rally the Corolla. No. Okay. So there's this whole motorsport to a different level with the Yaris compared to the GR Corolla. Yeah, the GR Corolla is is, is is always made to be a sporty road car. Correct. So the Yaris, the, is, so the Yaris yeah, now the the Yaris is an incredibly good car for its price point, in my opinion. It's short – look, every car's got its shortcomings and compromises. But back to the the other aspects of the um, Yaris versus the Cayman, 
the sense of occasion getting in the car. The Yaris has a sense of occasion, no doubt about it. You know you're in a very purpose-built product, mm. but it's not like getting into a GT car. You know, yeah. the minute you, you know, press, press that clutch brake and turn the key on a GT car and the thing roars to life because it's got, you know, less sound editing in it and all that sort of stuff, it's just yeah. so purpose-built, as is the Yaris, but the purpose-builtness, if that's a word, is at a different stratosphere of, you know. But in all honesty, I think some of the, um, I think the lightweight buckets add to that occasion compared to the normal comfort seats in a GT4 as well. The fact that mine have the lightweight buckets. Well, true. And also you're right because it's about every experience. So with a Yaris, uh, the thing that I found when I drove one, obviously it's it's just ridiculously good at higher speeds and no matter what you're doing with it. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before where yep. I, I just know if I could drive, if I drove it fast enough for it to lose grip, I will have run out of driving talent way back. And But whereas with... With um, but when you get in and you're driving it and you're driving it in or about town, you could be in a normal Corolla. Yes, there's no sense of occasion when you're driving it. You're just sat in traffic or you're driving slowly mm-hmm. through a, a town, or cruising on the motorway. Whereas with uh, a, a sports car, you, you know you're in a sports car. Oh, hundred percent. The the other thing with the the balance of the car, the Cayman balance particularly in the GD4 again, even though Caymans are excellent and sell boxes with that balance mm. factor, the understeer-oversteer factor and how much you can correct the car with your right foot compared to the Aris, yeah, mm. being a four-wheel drive versus a rear-wheel drive yep. car, and the you know the pivot point essentially on the Cayman is right between you and your passenger. He's literally right in the centre of the car, you know. It's not around the front wheels. So, you know, that whole thing is very yeah, – it's a yeah, – that that in itself as a driving – performance driving car, that's a very noticeable difference as well. It'd be interesting what you think after you've been on the track. Of course it will. And also I'll tell you what will be interesting is what the times are like. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, because you'll have I've, – I've got – I've probably got about maybe 50 laps of timed – laps at the track I'm going to in the Yaris mm. to reference against. What's the brake horsepower on the Yaris 260 or something? No, Australian delivered cars are 282 or something like that. They're higher right. than Australian delivered cars are. But I had the DT UK box on it, so it's probably closer to 300. And what's the GC4? 387 or something like that I think it is. Okay, and it's a lightweight car and it's mid-engine. So, yeah, that'll be an the interesting weight, The weight's comparison. about the same between the two cars. It's like 1320 mm. versus 1350 dry. So there's not much do difference. You think, do you think it's going to come into it where a lot of it's going to be how hard you're willing, willing to, push? to push? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That will have that will Because I think impact. there'll be a point where you're going, I'm pushing quite hard. I could push harder, but then you go, am I going to fall off a cliff? Kind of. Yeah, look, the the track itself, the, the one here in Perth, the city, has good runoffs. The There's only one really high-speed straight, and I couldn't get the Yaris up to 200 kilometres an hour on it. So when I say high-speed, it's not extremely high-speed. Yeah. People, other people told me they can get over 200 in a Yaris, and – They've told me what their exit speed on that 
the corner leading into that straight is, and I can equal or improve their speed that they're saying they're coming out of it, then when they're telling me they can get to, because come, you come out of it like a dip bowl yep. right hand and then you go up a short climb and then descend down, um, which is probably at 800 metres long or something, and then to, into a right-hander onto the main straight. But, um, yeah, I couldn't, I think 178 was probably my peak speed in the Yaris on that. So it'd be interesting to see how much difference the power makes because whenever I was on the track, on the track with more powerful cars, it was very evident coming out of that corner and going up before the, you know, getting into that. It's going to be a very very interesting reference point Mm. having done that already. Yeah. So because I use that Harry's Lap Timer app on my phone. Oh, yeah. To track all my times because the track's on there. The, um... I've got a list of, you know, hot laps and cold laps and all that sort of stuff. So I've got a, the main reason I'm going is to actually learn how to drive the car on that track. And because yeah. it's a members tuning day, which means anyone can go, and they put all road cars together, they put all open wheels together, they put all um, uh, racing close top cars together. So there's 20 minute sessions. And that, you know they run they, the three groups each hour through the day, so you, you get twenty minutes at a time. So it's quite good. That's not bad. Yeah, mm. I'm, I'm. I've not. I've never been one for tracks. I've only ever been on a track once. I think I've said that before. And um, yeah, I've never really thought I want to go on a track because most of the time when I'm driving the car, I try and do stuff that's within the speed limit. So you know, I'll push a car in second as far as it'll go. Mm-hmm. Push it in first. And third is when you're, especially in my 911 or even sure. in the Boxster, you're doing crazy speeds by then. Yeah. So you don't get on the roads. And which is why I love my 912, because mm-hmm. you're like hammering it through the gears, but you're actually not breaking the speed limit. Yeah, that's and also what's very enjoyable with the 356. It, it really is. Yeah. It's, and it's the noise and it's how, it, and, it, and it feels fast, doesn't it? It's oh, because, yeah. you know, it, yeah, it feels like you're going incredibly fast. Because you've got the noise and all that sort of stuff that's going on. And exactly. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting that on the road. And uh, I'm yeah, looking we'll forward to getting it on the road. Yeah. I want to sort it out. I want to sort it out. Please do. So, I reckon let's wrap it up. Coffee, oh, wow. Yeah. An hour and a half. Coffee mug. Yes. Coffee mug. Porsche coffee mug. Leave a review on iTunes. Send Ajmal and myself a Instagram message. Yeah, um, message. Ajmal will post on Instagram yep. and tag Porsche Talk. Yep. Picture of the mug. Yep. Try to remember where it came from. I want the story. Uh, Work I'm, colleague. I, I think it came from, I think my mother-in-law bought it for me. Oh, this is even better. Well, she's never going to listen to this. I don't know why I've started to whisper. <laughs> <laughs> just in case she hears, Ajmal, just in case she hears. Just in case she hears, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's just, it's, I've had it for years. And sure. the thing is, it's, it's at Christmas oh. uh, I, and, and birthdays. I have to do a birthday list. Sure. Everybody does a birthday list or a Christmas list. Oh, things I they never want. do want. But I, I never do one because I never think of anything. Oh, then you get so when they you give deserve. me something. So, yeah, you, so you just end up with something and it's because – and she'll look at me and go, well, you never made a list. And you look at it and you go, I don't think I'm ever going to use this. And, well, but she did get me a really cool key ring for my 912, which awesome. was quite nice. Well, I, I, got like a, um, I got a bag of goodies 
from the Porsche Centre in a nice Porsche bag. Of or just stuff. when you were in there, when you, when you bought the car. Well, yeah, they just gave it to me, right? Oh. And it's got a leather cleaning and leather conditioning kit, Porsche branded. Nice. Nice. Uh, there is a golf towel. I don't play golf. <laughs> it's got a golf towel. Um, there was a key ring, Porsche Crest key ring. Oh, nice. Black one. Not, no, not that I ever have a, like a Porsche thing. The, the key ring, I have one that's it's just the shape of a Porsche. Oh, mine, mine's a Porsche Crest one, you know, because I yeah, had a blue one. My car, you know, I've got a blue one that came with a blue car. And my daughter says, it'd be nice to have a red one for the red car. True. So I, I rang him and I said, look, you gave me a black one. I greatly appreciate it. Any chance to swap it for a red one? He says, I'd keep the black one. Come in, I'll give you a red one. Oh, nice. Yeah, so anyway, two key rings, right? The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, what else is in there? Oh, the mug, exactly the same mug that you've got there. Oh, nice. I've got one of those. got two tumbler glasses, you know, long, tall glasses, martini racing graphic on them. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. There's something else. Oh, and an air freshener shaped like a 911. I, the clips you know on the event. That's the coolest thing. That's the coolest thing. Stick that in the vent. <laughs> <laughs> Made in Istanbul no, no or something. See, no one should see air fresheners in the car. And car air fresheners are awful. They make you feel sick anyway. Every so, one of them. Yeah, every single one. They're just so floral or plasticky smelling or something. Anyway, it's See, I thought it'd be I, right. I thought you'd be interested to know that's the bag of shit they gave me when I put it on. Well, I haven't got anything off them, so you know, I might have to. They gave him a can. Yeah, but I was only for an hour. Yeah, but that's your fault. Yeah, I, I do know that they have a manual Carrera T. Man and one. What? What? What do you? Why are we still talking? Why aren't you on your way there right I now? I know. I need, I'm. I'm. I'm slowly trying to, you know, to ingratiate myself, and then that, listen. With them. They're not sitting there waiting for your call. I'll, I'll I'll sort it out. I'll sort it out. It's a beautiful yellow one, and it's. I saw it in the car park, and I sent. Tina, an email saying, oh, whose is that car? And she went, oh, it's the it's, uh, Porsche Centre GB's car. And it's like 2018. And it just looks, they look, of the modern Porsches, I think that's the best looking It is They're a good looker. The Carrera T, especially in yellow. Good colour for that car. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a yellow one. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to uh, oh, see if I like Tim O'Neill approached Tim us about oh, his yes. business to promote Selling cars, okay, in yes. Victoria, New South Wales, and Queensland. He's in the market for a career or two at the moment. Oh, anyway, interesting. The I think he was asking me about nine nine one point one GDSs as well. Yeah, the pre turbo cars. Yeah, but they're like unicorn cars now, aren't they? You can't find them. The manual ones, apparently. But the um, anyway. We should get him on the podcast. Yes. If he wants us to flog his wares, let's find out all about him. Yep. And if he gives me £4,000, I'll I'll give away my Boxster. Hang on, no, I can't give away my Boxster. I don't hit anyone enough to give them my Boxster. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, would be, that would be wrong. But I'll have four grand. 
look, let's back it up a bit here, right? <laughs> yes, sorry, sorry. Yes, I, I digress really quickly. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, his market is quite narrow, unlike our broad audience. Obviously, yes. Okay, so he's talking about four states on the east coast of Australia that he operates in versus the global footprint that is Porsche Talk Podcast. Obviously, and Lamborghinis, Terminator and Prosecco. Plus other F1. Yeah, F1. Oh, we haven't spoken about it in Melbourne, mm. but let's not. Let's talk about it next time. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. But let's get him on. Let's get him on. So we've got a few guests that we I think we can and should get on in the yeah. coming next few podcasts. So let's lock them in if necessary, headlock. And just for yeah. Tyler, Hoovy, if you're listening, we know you are. Yeah. Can you sort of get in, reach out to us, uh, Magnus, please? Yeah. We'll get the both of you on at once just to save time yeah. for all of us. Yep. I, t- I thought you were going to say, Tyler, you, we know you're listening. Do you know Magnus? Can you, can you get him for us? <laughs> just, you do know. He will eventually we come need on. need the Magnus. He'll come on at some point and you're going to go, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I'll be play. I'll play cool. I'll be like, stop. Yeah, you are so not cool. <laughs> I'll play cool. All right then. I thought Laura would. I thought Laura was going to get him on for us, but she went, "Oh, they don't talk anymore." Oh, she probably hasn't seen him since. Is what she means. Would you say they don't talk anymore? Uh, no, I think she meant that they, she hasn't seen him. Yeah. Okay. All right then. All right then, buddy. So, yeah. well, that's that's us for this week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please, as we've mentioned in the past. Reviews, iTunes. How about just sharing this podcast with any other yeah. Porsche enthusiasts you think might not have heard it before? Because we do talk exactly. about Porsches a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I know sometimes we forget, but most of the time we kind of remember. We come back to it in a roundabout kind of way. Yeah, yeah, we do. But today's been quite Porsche heavy. Yeah, oh, look, I, for I, us. <laughs> in all honesty, <laughs> I'm, I get, I'm on the Porsche press release email distribution list. Check you out. You're just showing off now. I'll send you the link so you can sign up and you get every Porsche press release, right? I'll send you the link to do it, okay? And um, and that way you, I'll be, I get the emails. I just don't do anything with them when we talk about it. So that's why I thought I'd talk about the e-fuels and the GD4 production issues. I do want to talk about the Porsche IPO, upcoming IPO, but oh, we'll talk yes. about that next week, okay? Let's let's do it. Let's do it. I wonder if there's someone we could get on who might know something about that sort of thing. Who would know that? I don't know. Who knows about stocks and shares and stuff like that? I reckon GT Steve would. Do you reckon? He doesn't want to come on, though. Mm. Oh, I think, didn't you mention Michael when he moves back to the UK? He's going to come on? Yeah, he's back, he's back in London, but he's so busy. He's not podcasting anymore. He's got all the time in the world. I know. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go meet him for a drink first anyway because I do find him immensely good company. Um, so I'm going to see if I can pop down to London, meet up with him, get him drunk. Take, take your laptop. Compromising photos. Take, yeah, your take laptop. some compromising photos, blackmail him, and then get him on. Well, you could just ask him. There is that. Yeah, I should okay. go with I'll, I'll lead with that. Yeah, it's a great I'll idea. I'll lead with asking him, but I'll keep the other one as a backup plan. <laughs> Good one. Thanks very much for your time tonight as well. Been great chat.